The clock is now running on the Playbook Podcast, the podcast where you take a deeper dive into the game of business, leadership, teamwork, character, the things that drive your motivation and build dedication. When you get a good look at the game plan of great business leaders, you start to formulate your own playbook and your own rise to the top. Make your next play your best play. And now, here are today's game captains, Glenn Amorell and Andy Phillips. Let's go! Welcome back to the Playbook Podcast. I'm Andy Phillips. Joining me, as always, is my partner, Glenn Amorell. Glenn, how you doing? I'm doing great, Andy. We have a great guest today who I had the pleasure of meeting uh, at the Emerging Leaders Conference Keystone put on uh, out in Las Vegas about, what, a month and a half, two months ago, probably at this point. And uh, his name is Eric Rich. He's the founder and CEO of Mentor Insurance. And Eric, his company and him, they're based out of Indiana. And he does a tremendous job. Uh, he spoke at the Emerging Leaders Conference. And he's very unique insight and perspective on what we do in our world. And it's always great to have a fellow Keystone member uh, join us. So, Eric, welcome to the Playbook Co- Podcast. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, thanks for having me. Doing great. I'm ready, uh, ready for some warmer weather, but uh, other than that, I'm doing great. <laughs> good, good. I think well, we I, all are. Yeah, yeah. I, Pennsylvania and Indiana are very similar weather, and I'm from Michigan, which is similar but colder. Uh, I think we all could use a little bit of 70 and sunshine right now, but it's on the way. It's on the way. Yeah, so. yeah, we, we, we sure hope. <laughs> That's right. Get the golf clubs ready. <laughs> I'm going to kick this thing off, and I, I, I simply want a more broad, more open-ended question for you. You're a younger guy. You have an insurance background, but my one of my my favorite parts about you is your persistence. And talk to, take us back to to young Eric, right? Got in the industry and take us back to your time and that persistence that got you into doors and how you went about that and uh, just your early successes uh, you found in the insurance world. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, you know, I always say that, um, I'm nothing special. The only reason I'm successful is because of Jesus. And, uh, I don't know how to take no for an answer. I, d- I don't know how to give up. And so, um, persistence really I get, has always just kind of been built in me. And, um, I kind of like the, I don't know, the hunt. Um, it's fun. I mean, yes, it's great when you make that cold call and they say, absolutely. I want to meet with you now and you get the business. That's all great. But like, do you really appreciate it as much as when you chase something for three or four or five years and you win it? Um, and so, you know, when I first got started, I still remember kind of sitting at my desk first day as like a commercial producer and there's, there's nothing on my desk, but a computer and a phone. And I turned around, I looked out the window and then I turned back and I said, well, I guess I better call somebody, you know? <laughs> uh, and so I started prospecting and, you know, I think most people when they get in this job, they think, well, they're going to find out I do insurance. All these people are going to want to meet with me. And then you realize, wow, nobody really likes insurance. And uh, they kind of want to avoid it as much as they can. And so they push off meetings with insurance and they, they look at that sales process as being so overwhelming and so cumbersome that they don't even want to entertain anybody new. And so that was a little disheartening when I first got started. Lots of rejection, lots of no's, all of that. Um, but, you know, a couple of my favorite stories are uh, I had an account um, that I had called on uh, back in 2013 and uh didn't want to meet with me. And so I kept uh, kept persistency, emailing, calling. And then he said, yeah, we'll have some lunch. We'll go have some lunch. And so we had lunch and he was like, wow, Eric, you're a great guy. And he's like, 
but I don't need any help from you. <laughs> so um, I said, well, can we, can we stay in touch? Can I continue to keep talking with you? And he said, yeah, absolutely. So did it again, met with him for lunch again, probably six months later, same thing. It was a great meeting, but he didn't need any help of mine. And I remember just being at my office one day and all of a sudden I get this email and he says, I got a problem. Can you help me with my work comp? And I said, absolutely. And uh, that account now is, you know, well over a million dollars in premium. Um, he's a very close person to me in my life. I uh, actually, he baptized me two years ago. Um, and so, you know, out of this, I could have easily just walked away. I'm not going to have an opportunity here, but that, because of that persistency, not only did I uh, earn a great business and, and client, but I also earned a, an incredible person in my walk uh, with Christ uh, in my life. He's one of the most important people in my life. Um, and so I always think that, you know, that was a great experience. And then have another one, uh, a great business here locally, an LP gas distributor. And I got into them via a referral and I got in and, and it went it went so great. I mean, the guy loved me and uh, he was insured with someone at a, on the other side of the country that only did LP gas distributors. And um, he, we were local um, and it just went so well. I figured there's no way that I'm not going to win this piece of business. And we got down to the proposal and he said, I'm going to stay where I'm at. And I was completely shocked. And he said, I'm a loyal person. I think you're great, but I'm just a loyal person. And so I came back the next year and I quoted it. And even more so that I feel like he loved me and we were providing a great quote, uh, a great service. I thought there's no way in, in the world that I'm not going to win this business. And again, he told me he was going to stay. And at that point, I remember sitting there thinking, I'm not going to call him next year. And then I was like, no, I'm going to. Uh, got through it, quoted it again the third year. And when I presented it, he said, all right, it's time. I'm going to give you my business. He says, now that you've earned my business, you always have my business as long as you take care of me. And I always remember that. I'm sitting here telling you right now exactly verbatim what he said. And I'm glad that I didn't win it the first two years. And I know some people might think that's you're crazy, but it made me appreciate it even more. And, you know, my uh, my mentor, uh, Mike Hyam at McGowan Insurance, he, um, he I have this little thing right here. You'll see these. I hold these up. These are called Mike Hyam isms. OK, these are the little nuggets that he gave me throughout my career that really have helped me a bunch. And one of them is just says, uh, it's a long road, Eric. It's a long road. And that was so helpful uh, because you're surrounded by all these producers who have these mountain sized books and you think, how am I ever going to get there? All this rejection, you finally even get into quote something. And then, you know, you go through the whole 90 day quoting process and you, you, you show up with your proposal and you don't get it. And I mean, you've spent so much time. Every, how am I going to be? Able to, and, and it's just a long road, right? And so now I'm mentoring. I'm the sales leader of the organization. We've got 20 salespeople um, underneath me. And I'm sitting with these younger people and I'm, I'm teaching them how to be persistent and how to work through things. And it's funny, you guys asked me this because I had this email right here pulled up. I got this email from one of my young producers yesterday. And I won't go through the whole verbatim thing, but pretty much it says, Here's a story about perseverance. You know, I woke up this morning. I had two emails from prospects that said they were going with a different company. Then I had a client that I had AOR sign a rescission letter. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, and, and I said to myself, I got to be the worst agent in the world. And right. at, that, at that moment, he said, 
I, 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 I thought, you know what, I'm going to get on the phone and prospect. And he said, and all I did was just get my teeth kicked in all day. And I thought I'm just going to be done. He said, no, I'm going to call one more. And he called one more and got in with a really nice prospect that wants to meet with him next week and seeing him understand that. Right. And, and, and see that perseverance that you have to fight through is so important because this business will beat you down. Um, and if you don't have any type of persistency and perseverance, I don't think you can last in it. Right. Great answers. Absolutely. Now, um, a question I have for you, obviously, um, you love being a producer and you love the chase. And, and you just said that you have about uh, 20 salespeople under you. How do you as a leader, how do you balance, you know, that that drive for going out there and getting business with managing your business? That's a great question. And so um, we have just merged our agency uh, at the end of uh, the year with McGowan, where I had come from. Um, And and I am now an owner of McGowan and I'm the sales leader of the organization. So I'm in the process right now of actually trying to figure this out. Hmm. Um, And if I could do what I wanted to do every day, I would come in and cold call every day, all day. And I know that sounds crazy, but I love it. And I'm trying to find that now, find the time with it. And so I had a, uh, I meet with a lot of my producers, try to give them an hour or so. Some of them, I'm starting to get some lunches with them and meet all of them as well. Cause we have some ones that I haven't met yet, but some of the ones that are here out of my office, I meet with them every other week for about an hour. And he came in and he said, I'm really struggling right now with the cold calling. I get kind of caught up in my words and you know what to do. And I said, well, let's talk about some scripts. So I start talking through them and I said, you know what? Let's just cold call together. So I just started pulling up people and calling them right on the phone together. And we got into the, it was a pure cold call at a company out of Georgia, got in, got an appointment. It was just, it was so much fun. And we, we were all jazzed up and he was like, I'm jazzed up after that. <laughs> um, but you're right. It's trying to find that balance because I'm a pure salesperson. So I feel like if I'm not producing, then I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, I try to figure out, you know, revenue wise, um, I always have a goal. I want to do at least a hundred in revenue a year, if not 200. And then I think to myself, is that what's best for our agency? Or is it better if I can get 10 of us doing that together? Right. Mm, right. So I don't really have a great answer for that. I'm trying to figure that out right now. Check with me in a year and maybe I'll have, uh, have it figured <laughs> out. So it looks like uh, also you said, Georgia, it looks like your footprint's rather large as well. We are. We're licensed in every state mm-hmm. um, and we, we write business all over the country. And we've got a couple programs that we do, some habitational, some uh, amusement. Uh, one of our producers uh, in our agency has water treatment, chemical blending. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of branched us all over the country, which is great that we have um, that access and flexibility. Absolutely. So I, I, I love that you're insurance career kind of went full circle going from McGowan to starting on your own to then McGowan merging with, I think that's fantastic. But talk to us about, cause your name mentor insurance made so much sense to me because I can see how you mentor people below you, but obviously you come up with the name because my guess is you're mentoring your clients. You're not, you're not sitting there telling them what to do. You're not sitting there just handing them a policy. You're mentoring them on risk. You're mentoring them on how to help themselves. So talk to us about when it came down to it, a lot of guys, you know, could have named it after themselves. And that's a very good thing because you're so proud. You're putting your name on it. 
However, you wanted to go with mentor. Just, just talk us through that because yeah. it sounds little, but your name is an important thing. Your name's your brand in the end. So why yeah. did you come up? Why did you decide mentors who we are? Andy, that's such a great question. I'm glad that you asked it because there really is a lot of meaning behind it. First off, um, you're right. We believe that we mentor our clients on their insurance policy. Insurance is so confusing and mostly 99% of people do not understand it. And so a mentor grabs your hand, they walk you down the path, they show you things to look out for, they help guide you. And we felt like that was really what we do with our clients. We are not in the business of just selling insurance policies. That's not what gets me up in the morning. It's not what fills my bucket up. What fills my bucket up is having a seat at my client's corporate table. When they're going to do this, they're going to move into this area and they say, we need to consult with Eric. How can we better do this from a risk management standpoint to impact their business? And I believe when we mentor them, I mean, that's what we're doing. It just made sense. Also, uh, my mentor is Mike Hyam at McGowan Insurance. He's the greatest agent that there is. Now, that's my that's, uh, my opinion, but I really do believe he is. And he took me under his wing. Um, he let me stand in his office uh, for hours on end asking the dumbest questions. I drug him all over on new business appointments that some were great and some were absolutely terrible. Um, I would go with him on his meetings and everything. And I brought him in on an account that I got into when I was a very young producer. It was about a close to a million dollar account. And I remember walking in the parking lot and I said, Mike, there's no way I can do this by myself. I need you to do it with me. Let's split it and we'll work together. And honestly, it was the best thing I could have ever done because every time we were with that client, Mike was with me and I was learning from him. He mentored me and it meant so much to me. My business partner at the time had an incredible mentor in his life too. And so we kind of just put all that together We've had so many mentors pour into us, and we feel like we do that with our clients on their insurance policy. Very nice. Uh, I love that, and it makes a lot of sense. And I can just tell by the way you talk, you do have a passion to mentor your clients and, and your people. Yeah. And uh, getting now you have 20, 20 other people you have to mentor. And so it's cool that you get to step into that role. Absolutely. Right. And, and now, obviously, you love cold calling. But what other what other things do you add into your uh, marketing mix? Do you do uh, marketing drops? Do you hit the hit the streets? COVID's over now, so people are out and about. What other ways do you um, uh, draw eyes to your uh, to the mentor insurance agency? Yeah, that's great. Um, so, I mean, I, I believe in the uh, the old old way of doing things sometimes too. Boots on the ground. If or if I'm visiting a client, now I'm in a business right. park. I'll go knock on a couple doors, walk in, see if I can meet someone, drop a card off, things like that. Um, I do a lot of cold emailing. And mm -hmm. so Andy had heard that when I was at uh, in Vegas, that uh, there's a certain specific email that I will send and right. I'll send it to someone. And then I'll send, I'll do a follow-up in a week with that email. Again, if I've heard nothing, and then I follow up with a call. Now that call's now become a little warm because they've seen that email. They've at least right. Um, yep. And then uh, we have some some software we've been working on uh, or that we've used uh, that can do mass you know emails out to prospects and things like that. I'm big on the associations as well, and so mm -hmm. you know we do a lot in the habitational world. So we're a part of the Indiana Apartment Association. Um, we've got all kinds of other associations that we belong to, the Alliance of Indiana Rural Water, things like this. And so we go to these conventions. Uh, we try to write content for some of them as well. Um, David Carruthers had talked about that at the at the Emerging Leaders Conference. And we do write some content for like uh, the Indiana Apartment Association sometimes. And uh, so trying to get our name out in any way that we can. That's fantastic. That's great. We were just talking today, Andy and I, about 
You know, like if you go on Reference USA, you're going out for a renewal. You can see all the businesses right around there. And, and that's a great um, way to ask for referrals. Like, hey, do you know uh, Scrub Daddy's right next to you? It's like, right. you know, are you familiar with them? You know, so it's, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, getting out there is, is, you know, there's a lot of creative ways you can do that. Yeah, and I think, you know, some people, if you're trying to get into an account, like sometimes just step back and think. Who do I know that knows anyone that may be connected <laughs> with this business? And honestly, right. I've done it several times. And I mean, people people love to connect people. Um, right. And so that helps too. Yeah, the six degrees of separation is a real thing. It really is. That's right. Um, all right. Let's get to halftime right now. So we get halftime, 10 questions. We call it lightning round. It doesn't mean it has to be one word. If you have explanation for something or if the question has a follow-up, it's it's all good. We just spend maybe three, four minutes at the halftime though. We got 10 questions taking the curtain back. I'm going to kick this thing off. Glenn, let's do every other. Let's do every all other right. here. So get, get that brain good. working. Uh, I'm going to kick this thing off. Eric, if you had to watch one movie for the, and you could only watch one movie for the rest of your life, what is that movie? So it has to be a good repeat for you. What would that movie be? Man, that's a hard one. It really is. Um, I say my favorite movie of all time still goes back to when I was a kid is The Goonies. Uh, <laughs> I just love that movie. Yeah, it just makes me feel like a kid again, you know? Um, and so I would say, I'm going to say The Goonies. And sometimes it's nice to watch one of those movies and take your mind off everything else. Yes, yeah. The wet, And I would say every time The Wedding Singer's on, I have to watch it. I don't know why. I just love that movie. <laughs> right. I love it. <laughs> All right. Now, um, I see you're an avid, avid reader. What's your favorite book? Um, you know, it's probably the one that I'm reading right now. Um, I'm getting close to the end of it. It's called The Hiding Place by Corey Tinboom. Mm-hmm. Um, it is unbelievable. Um, it's, uh, it's a book about um, Corey was in um, Holland during the uh, Holocaust and they were hiding Jews and they get captured, sent to a concentration camp. And it's just amazing their faith and the way that they love the way that God teaches you to love. And they're trying to love the German soldiers through this whole thing, which is just mm-hmm. unbelievable. Um, and so uh, I'd say probably that. I mean, I, I can't put it down right now. So I wrote it down. I yeah, wrote it down. So the next time I talk to you, I'll have to report back. We can have a book club. There we go. <laughs> I like it. Um. If you all right, so you just got back from vacation, you said. Mm-hmm. What's the vacation you've ne- you haven't taken that you really want to go on one day? When you haven't been on, uh, we would. I would love to go to the Holy Land. Um, I think that would be wonderful. Go to Jerusalem, um, see all of that. I'd love to travel over to, to the Europe era to uh, area as well. Um, we've been to some of the. You know, I'm actually me and my wife are, are heading to Turks and Caicos here in a few weeks, so that is going to be fun. We, we haven't right. had like a vacation just me and her we have four children so we don't we don't get away much <laughs> yeah um, but i'd love to be over to visit the holy land and i'd love to go over to europe someday just kind of take a train ride through europe and see everything oh that'd be awesome very cool yeah what is your favorite sport <sighs> favorite sport to play or favorite sport to watch both <laughs> i guess we'll we'll let that up to you yeah, yeah. I love to play basketball. It's definitely my favorite sport to play, I think. Um, a Larry Bird fan being out? From, oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller, you know. Okay. Gotta love Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But uh, I love watching the NFL. I love watching football. But I think, honestly, the thing I love watching the most is watching any of my kids play a sport. Uh, um, it's the awesome. great. I used to be the biggest Peyton Manning fan in the whole world. And uh, I used to think there's nothing better than watching Peyton Manning play. And uh, it doesn't even come close to watching my child play a sport. So and all, we have three boys that are in every sport imaginable. So <laughs> every weekend we are at a ballpark, a gym or a football field. So. That is awesome. That's awesome. I got I got a one year old and I can't wait for those days if if he wants awesome. to. So it is awesome. All right. Um I like asking this one. If actually I'm gonna switch it up though. I'm gonna go more uh, beach than wilderness for you. So you're at the beach, you're about 10 yards into the ocean. About 30 yards away from you, you see a shark fin. Mm-hmm. Are you calling someone to point at it first? Are you sprinting to shore first or are you a guy that's not really that concerned unless it gets a little bit closer? Um, I'm definitely going to point it out, like especially if my kids and wife are around. I'm not going to take off running. And actually, this happened to us at Gulf Shores just on fall break. There's all kinds of marine life. And these people are like, hey, watch out. There's a there's a shark out there. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, as long as it doesn't get too close, I think I'd be okay. I'm definitely a get my tail to shore as fast as possible type of guy <laughs> in that situation. Yeah. I don't yeah, know if I'm more worried about the a shark or a uh, riptide. Well, I can tell you there's one thing that if I did see, I would run extremely far away is I am definitely afraid of snakes. <laughs> it is on a whole nother level. I don't know why. Snakes, not sharks. Like- That's I don't like watching them on television. We used to watch Survivor all the time. They'd show these yeah. snakes. Oh, I'd have to pull my feet up. It's awful. Uh, my my wife hates hates snakes. She yeah. doesn't like them on TV. Anyway. I do think they're one of the most dislikable. They're definitely the most dislikable pet. I don't know why anyone would get one as a pet. Or or somebody loves them and they want to get them as a pet. It's just the weirdest yeah, that's thing. Yeah, like I have no idea why, but I mean, it's uh, even thinking about it it is making my skin crawl. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move it on then. (laughs) All right. All right. We always ask this question because it's always interesting. Um, If you were to have a vacation home or maybe you already do have a vacation home, um, what do you prefer? Would you want to be at the beach, the mountains or a lake house? Definitely the beach. 100%, uh, mainly to my wife. She'd picked that a million times and we're going to be able to do, but definitely on the beach. And uh, that is a goal of ours at some point, you know, when we get close to retires to have some place we can get away from. We love Indiana. We'll probably never leave. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that sounds odd, but we just, we do love it here. Lots of relationships, um, but the winter times, (laughs) we don't enjoy them. So once the kids are kind of gone, if we can have a place to get away to and definitely on the beach. You'll be snowbirding. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here in Pennsylvania, we're pretty close to to the beach in New Jersey, so it's it's pretty easy. Yeah, for a quick getaway. See, I, I'm from Michigan, so I love lakes. And now that I don't live in Michigan anymore, it makes me like my answer would 100 be lake house because it makes me miss them more. Mm-hmm. Not being around it all the time. My grandparents had always lived on a lake growing up, so. Uh, but there's not a bad answer in the bunch. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, what is what was your first car you ever had? You own title was in your name, your make model. It was a 1995 Chevy S10 extended cab. Nice. My dad had an S10 when I was real little. It's awesome. It was a great truck, four-wheel drive. It had the little seats in the back that folded that out. Folded. Which now, yes. now that I think about this, had to have been just the most unsafe thing in the whole wide world. <laughs> For sure. Uh, 
it, it was awful. For um, sure. But, uh, but what my, color my was it? It was green. Green. Okay. My buddies would pack in the back and everything. It was it was fun. It was a good time. I can picture the green because Chevy '90s Chevy trucks only came in that one green. That's right. I can That's picture right. it. It was a great truck. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. All right. Well, they're going to be making a movie about you, Eric. Who's going to play you in the movie? Oh, man. <laughs> That's a tough one. This is great. This is your time to compliment yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. But, um, Ryan Gosling, maybe he'd do a good job. There we go. Right. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. That's, yeah. that's beautiful. Nice. I say Leo. I was gonna say Leo, but uh, he, he kind of went over the top in Wolf of Wall Street, so I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Oh man, depends on which movie you're looking at, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's not Will Smith. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. Oh, what is your favorite hobby? Like the what is? It, let's take reading off the table. If you, yeah. if your wife and kids were out of town and you just had a Saturday, what would you try and do? Man, you know, that's hard, actually, uh, because my hobby really is just uh, watching my kids play sports or being able to spend time with them. Uh, They're they're out of town, man. They're at the in-laws for the weekend. What's Eric Rich up to? Probably in the Uh, office, right? (laughs) uh, Yeah, uh, probably working. Uh, Honestly, I don't know. I try to go. I don't play golf very much. I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Um, but I, I just don't ever get to do it. So that's probably what I do. I'd probably call a friend if it was nice and I'd say, Hey, let's go play some golf or, um, yeah, we'd go hit up a nice bourbon bar or something like that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, Glenn, take this thing home. All right. Well, I mean, we're going to go with, um, stay right with this line of, of talking here. Um, what's your favorite bourbon? Um, you know, probably just the go-to would be a Woodford. A Woodford, a Woodford it's, Reserve? It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a, nice. it's affordable. And um, yeah, I would say definitely that I'm a, I'm a share guy. So like I'll have a, a bottle up in my cabinet and I won't touch it for all, you know a week. And then all of a sudden some friends come over and I'm like, Oh, Hey, I got some here. You know, yep. and, uh, like to have some buddies over and have a couple together. Yeah. I have a, a coffee bar here at the house and somebody comes over, I can turn it into a liquor bar. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Pull out the Woodford. You just flip <laughs> yeah. it upside down, right? Yeah. Like in a cartoon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's Glenn, let's each get one more question. in in the second half, uh, as we're obviously cutting it short on time, as we always do, this is how we do it here. When we get great guests, they have great answers and we're intrigued. So let's get one more question in each. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to kick it off. So you mentioned the state of Indiana and your love for it. So, you told a great story and I don't, you don't need to tell this. You told a great story about a piece of business that you wrote. And it, it was that email you sent because you talked about having like your prom at this place. And you talked about what it meant to you as a child, as a child. And I'm going to guess you have such a love for your state and where you're at because of your, your childhood. How important is the state of Indiana to you, to McGowan, to mentor? And how important is it to you to make sure these businesses and these people you love so much are protected? I have to imagine that's a huge part of your passion. It's, it's a huge part. Um, and I love Indiana. I love Hoosier hospitality. 
You know, I mean, that's you know, people from the Midwest, you know, we're just, everybody's nice here. We hold the door open for each other. We care for each other. We rally around each other. And we believe in a lot of me and some of my, my friends and my men's group and stuff. We believe that revival is coming out of Indiana and, you know, we meet regularly on what God is wanting to do us to do in Indiana. Uh, people are listening, uh, they're hearing and, um, you know, there's just good trusting people here. Um, and I've been to other parts of the, of the country. Um, I worked for a company that was based out of Chicago, um, for a while and just like their sales approach was so much different. Uh, and it didn't work real well in Indiana because people in Indiana were just different. Right. Right. And so, um, yeah, I love it because of the people, um, I truly, uh, do not take for granted that God has entrusted me with these employees and us making sure we take care of them and provide a great place for them to work. And he's entrusted me with these clients that are really, uh, you know, trusting me to take care of them. And a lot of my clients, I mean, yes, we do business with them, but they've become great friends. And when we meet and we talk and go over uh, a renewal, I mean, I'd say 80% of the time we're talking about family and the kids and how's everybody doing and all this stuff. And then 20% is talked about insurance. Um, and that's the favorite thing about my job is the relationships that I get to create. And so, fantastic. yeah, love this state. That's fantastic. Glenn, how about you? Uh, if you don't mind, your last question, want to be the Hail Mary question. The Hail Mary question? Get to the Hail Mary. Yeah, I see the time here. Okay. Um, if you were to look back um, at a 20-year-old um, Eric Rich, what would what advice would you give yourself? Think about this quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I would say um, you need to slow down. You need to not rush and, and wish everything was put together so quickly. You know, in my early 20s, I thought I had to have it all together. I thought I had to have, um, I was measured by my job, my, my success and all these things. And, you know, even when I had my children, they were young. Um, I'm not sure I appreciated that as much as I do now. Um, and I've got an 11 year old and I wish I could go back a little bit. Right. And soak those that one, two, three, four years old up a little bit more versus you always think that you're going to be this father of young children. And it's not the truth. It goes quickly. Um, and that it does. And at the end of the day, um, you know, I think when you're young, you always think if I can just get this, I'll be fine. If I can just get this, I'll be fine. And it's never the case. But, you know, it's always you're always going to want more, try to achieve more, all these things. And I just wish I just would have told myself, just take it easy. Don't rush. Enjoy the moment. Stop and smell the roses. And uh, that's what I'm doing now. I am doing my best to do that. But I wish I could rewind, rewind a little bit. There, start it, it, it's kind of funny. It's like, um, you know, you notice things as you get older. It's like you take the time to look out the window and look at the birds. And it's and it's like people look at it. It's what older people do. But it's like they just get wiser. And they mm -hmm. pay attention to what's going on around them instead of just in this, you know, hamster wheel, just running around like crazy. There's a, a great, great there's a great Trace Atkins song called You're Gonna Miss This. Oh, yeah. I love mm -hmm. that song. It, 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 it's one of those songs that you, you just no matter. It doesn't matter the stories he's talking about in the song. You relate it to your life. Yeah. And it just takes you back. It's the one when you get it when you're on the road and your mind's just swamped with work or this, that, and you hear that song, it just like, it just relaxes you and takes you back. And 
makes you pause, which in this world, man, we can't gain more time. But if we can learn how to pause time, I think uh, I think we're all better off for that. You know, I can think back uh, for some reason. I always think about slowing down or whatever. I always think back to this one simple memory. And it was we had just moved into one of our our, 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 our previous house. And uh, it was so hot. It was like we were doing a drought. It was like June, July. And we had one kid. And I was like a Saturday and I walked outside and my wife was just sitting in this little blow up pool with my son and he was just mm-hmm. splashing the water. And I remember sitting there looking at that and kind of taking my time with him. And I, I talked to my wife all the time. I was like, do you remember when we thought life was so stressful back then? We thought life was so stressful. We're trying to build careers. We're raising a child. And I look back and I realize, like, wow, it really wasn't that stressful. Um, and so I wish I'd go back and t- shake myself a little bit and say, calm mm-hmm. down. Calm down, Eric. <laughs> Such a great and real answer. Such yeah. a great answer. If I'm like, well, one, take this Yes, uh, I'd like to thank uh, Eric Rich from Mentor Insurance for joining us today. Uh, my name is uh, Glenn Amarell. I'm Andy Phillips. Until next time, what's in your playbook?